Nerd morning, everyone. My name is Jeremy. This is Joseph. Hi, guys. And uh, this is the Nerd Morning Show, a place where we celebrate nerd culture by talking about books, comics, video games, and other nerdy things. And we have been going through and talking Wheel of Time. And this is kind of a continuation of our last conversation. It ended up having to get cut a little bit short because (laughs) of technical difficulties. Um, But we are back in with Wheel of Time and we're uh, relatively probably pretty close to the same areas uh, in Crossroads of Twilight. Um, Yeah. And there are just so many interesting points and things here. One of the things that I have gotten to is I think like the third moment where we kind of harken back to the end of With Winter's Heart, where Rand is purifying the taint in the male side of the power. And everyone in the world can feel this, who can touch either the male or female side of the power because they're both being used to cleanse the source. And this yeah. is and everyone's fascinating. Like, Whoa, what's going on? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and I think one of the things that we've had for most of the story up to this point is events happening simultaneously as we kind of jump back and forth. But this is one of the times where all of these stories really are pretty uh, separate experience. And we can tell because like the same experience that we're having right here, like where I'm at, I barely got to where um, Elaine and Avienda are feeling it and going, oh, no, that's towards where Rand is. We should go and help. No, we can't go help because of these things. And they have this interesting conversation. But we've had this like a couple of times where they're like, what is that? And this is the biggest moment I think we've had from Rand. Uh, because things that he's done in the past, he's conquered a couple of nations and done things like that. And these are all pretty big deals, but ultimately if he dies, it disappears or whatever, like life moves on. Uh, But this is something that is going to be touched and felt forever, pretty much. And everyone who is any at all sensitive to the magic of this universe can feel this can see the direction to this and everyone's either terrified or in awe or shock and i am fascinated by this because this is the first thing that i think he's done that has been truly uh substantial to the level that he is supposed to have of being the savior of the world kind of level and this is a huge huge thing Oh, sure. If, if his uh, version, this this turning of the wheels version for the dragon, mm-hmm. if this is all he accomplished, that's probably plenty. Yeah. They've had 3,000 years of only female Aes Sedai, only female power users, mm-hmm. and the fear of any man who can channel uh, through the whole world yeah uh, in some cultures the if a man learns he can channel he goes off to fight the darkness and dies some yeah. places they execute him on the spot yeah. some places the i said i come and round them up and gentle them there 
it's been so long to have this fear but the age of legends that they came out of Mm -hmm. the male and the female uh channelers they worked together to do all of the greatest things yeah uh, which is why rand got naive to help with this Mm -hmm. not only could he trust her but she's super duper powerful also yes so working together they were able to clean something that the dark one corrupted and yeah, made they, they, but they call it the dark so, one's taint and that's yeah. that's like talked about as with the people who actually know the forsaken when they're talking they're actually like they're with like legitimate life experience of this and yeah. they're like yeah this was him like that's totally confirmed as how that origin has because they also do talk about rumors and how history has shifted and changed and i think that's substantial to see this is yes confirmed how this has happened how this works um, yeah as we go in that story yeah definitely and that kind of brings me to some of the thoughts i've had through this last uh, week of reading mm-hmm. on the the uh, male and female Aes Sedai. Yeah. Uh, now, the Rand has given amnesty to all male uh, channelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're at the Black Tower. Right, they're the Ashaman. Taught mm-hmm. not only to, to channel, but they're being trained as weapons. Pretty <laughs> like, much, all- yeah. All of the the sisters, the Aes Sedai, who have any actual knowledge of what's going on, not just what Elida is is telling them, and that's a whole right. other chain of events. <laughs> but you know, they're they're seeing these men not only being trained to channel, but to do so almost purely destructively, mm-hmm. and their whole lives they've been taught the. The, the stories, the histories, and the mythologies of how men channelers destroyed the world. Yeah. And it was bad. Yeah. Um, um, I just think of like with Dumai's Wells, like that example where, where yeah. he's just like, Ashaman, kill. And right? then they just lay waste just where explode. bodies are like torn, <laughs> to sh- like torn asunder. Like this is yeah. pure destruction. And that's terrifying with that connection which is an awesome connection you bring in to the fear and mythology that they've had built up through thousands of years that's a great yeah. I, that's a good thought yeah um but now that the source has been cleaned mm-hmm. really the only thing that makes the ashaman not Aes Sedai is they haven't gone through the culture of it some yes. of the Aes Sedai with uh, Elaine and Nynaeve, who were raised to be Aes Sedai by uh, Egwene as mm-hmm. the Amarlin seat. Yeah. A lot of the other Aes Sedai are like, you didn't hold the oath rod. You didn't go through all this stuff. You didn't do that. And that's an important point mm-hmm. for a culture, for a group. You have your initiations, you have your yeah. ceremonies and different things that that let you say you are part of this yes. because of that shared experiences. I'd had those thoughts like, you guys got to lay off Rand. He is basically Aes Sedai too. You, uh-huh. you just don't see this. 
Yes. I, and I'm corrected myself on that because he, he didn't go through the same things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really a lot of times who we call the Aes Sedai, mm-hmm. they don't act like Aes Sedai. Like I would think of them because the, the definition the, 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 the is the idealized. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like from the age of legends and things. So well, it's not just they're here to help all mankind, wherever yeah. they are, whatever they're doing, they're helping mankind. There's a lot of the sneaky behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. They are trying to help. You know, As they uh, see it and also help with the agendas. Monarchs. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. But there's. There's not that day-to-day helping. I, I kind of see the, uh, the yellows with their mm-hmm. healing abilities mm-hmm. or, or their focused on healing as the most Aes Sedai. That could yeah. be debated. Well, but, that's a whole, that's a whole right? thing. That would be a whole other debate. But yeah. you know, they're the ones who help the people in general. Mm-hmm. So I think they're the most deserving of the title Aes Sedai, yeah. Servants of All. Yeah. Right? Well, um, yeah. I uh, thought just some thoughts <laughs> I had. Was Ashima, not, oh, they're not—they're not being taught to serve, so not uh-huh. calling them Aes Sedai is fair. But really, what's the difference? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're—they're so, they're being trained yeah. as warriors, and they are right. not really hiding away from the fact. Uh, Rand, you know, when he talks about it, he's like, "They are a weapon in my hands. That's what yeah. they are. That's what they're for." And yeah. Um, this is really, again, a part of his like darker type of logic and thinking where he's struggling and he doesn't see these people as people anymore. He sees them as a tool that he needs in order to be able to save the world. Right. And this is Uh this darker logic that he's stuck and trapped in, which, um, when he gets his like rebirth, right. Like that whole experience, uh, he Uh starts to be able to re see them as, uh, people and, that's uh, i think an interesting dynamic there but the whole contrast of the Aes Sedai as you're talking about the forsaken again is fascinating because the Aes Sedai uh-huh. of their age were maybe more idealized they actually pretty yeah. much admit to that and that they reason the reason why they were no longer Aes Sedai or members of those types of like groupings is because they were ending up being selfish and they were, that was taken advantage of. And here they talk about them as, as these children playing as Aes Sedai. I mean, I think that's pretty close to how they describe. They say things like that fairly often. Yeah. And that I think is really, really, I don't know. It's interesting because again, you have these groups that are like, I mean, in other terms, like the superheroes of the world, they've got powers, yeah, they can right? do crazy, amazing things, and they're being tasked with the responsibility to do these amazing things. But yet, so often they are, they see themselves as being so much above everyone else, or yeah. being able to, you know, crook your finger and kings will bow for you like this whole attitude is uh-huh. not serving of all I, that's i think right. really interesting it, yeah I, I keep having those kinds of thoughts like the the i Sedai, they seem they've lost the grandeur of 
the uh, the Age of Legends. Yeah, they they have. Uh, we don't know a lot about it, but mm-hmm. how it's idealized, uh, and and the little we do have, you have to assume that the Aes Sedai of that era were uh, protectors. They were helpers. We know mm-hmm. they helped with some of the the crop planting and uh, growing because they they would help with the songs um yes and different things Uh, and which is a huge thing that is like using hit and i don't know yeah yeah. using their the power to help grow crops to help clean famines and things yeah excuse me ah but yeah so I, I think that I said I have come a long way from being servants of all. Yeah. And, and I think with that, the oath rod and having to swear oaths, that's something they didn't have to do in the Age of Legends. Right. But now right. they have to just to be able to have a modicum of trustworthiness. And there's just something right. that uh, Egwene learns and goes, oh, yes. I, this is important. And it's because right. of how far they have fallen as, yeah. as, a, as a people that these are important. Right, and the different mythologies, a lot of people can't distinguish any channeler from the male channelers who mm-hmm. actually had the problem, but it wasn't really their fault, right? right? Um, and that's something that uh, um, Moraine says so nicely, that Aes Sedai are people. Yeah. You have good people, you have crazy people, you have people you want to associate with you have those you don't i said i especially in this age are just other people yeah. they just happen to be people with a whole freaking ton of power and so, and a long long life to live i mean you know if you can live yeah. centuries longer than other mm-hmm. people you are going to amass certain experience oh, and also like you're, you're like if you're talking to somebody and you're like, you know, I saw when you were born or there unto like that time period. It's like uh-huh. I, I was like toppling nations while you were a child. Like you're, it, it, <laughs> I understand why they get so prideful and right. how that happens. But I think that is a very uh, damaging thing to them, particularly for uh-huh. when they need to interact with people like Rand. Right. Their right. whole purpose <laughs> The things like like the battle lodge and these other groups they're like we're here to fight in the last battle we've been prepping for this for thousands of years all this types of stuff and then they need to like team up right this is the ultimate team up experience and nobody can do it because they're all (laughs) like so problematic and this is a issue for all of the Aes Sedai even with Moraine though she does Mm -hmm learn she does grow she does learn uh Uh she realizes that rand has this duty and it's thrust upon him and also he's chosen for it and the wheel whole dynamic of fate and choice is a whole nother topic but like she recognizes we have to let him free we have to be able to let him do these things and i'm wanting to guide and twist and then she's like okay i have to surrender which Right, you think would be kind of obvious with the female power, right? This yeah. whole thing's prepping them for this experience to surrender to 
the you know to like the dragon reborn's uh-huh. purpose not necessarily that he knows all the answers but he kind of has a path he has to follow and right. you're there to like prep him up and propel him forward yeah. and you, you none of them want to do and, that uh-huh I, 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 it's like a Lida's plan we're going to shield him and chain him up in the corner. And then when the last battle comes, we'll say, all right, there you go. Right. How like, can you expect him to have any strength or any skill or anything to succeed if you've chained him up and he, he hasn't learned how to do anything? What, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. I, 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 I have I think... problems with Elida. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, gosh. She's a, like, I'm like, it's like this next book. I think she really starts to get hers and I just love that. Yeah. And it's tragic. It's one of the best story arcs though, um, where that happens and that's not Uh yet. Um, Okay. But this idea of like holding Rand or doing that kind of thing is the, we get a, the other side of this from the, um, the people of the dragon and the wise ones and they're saying yeah. we need to make sure that he falls in love with one of us so we're going to push Avienda <laughs> because he needs to see us not just as a weapon he needs to but he needs see to... us and want us not just need us yes and yeah. because of this pretty much I like to say we have to like have him experience our ways learn to love our world right and so he yep. would want to save us Right, uh-huh. because with the lightest plan, we're gonna torture him, shield him, not give him the strength, and then he's gonna go and fight our battle for us. Does this make sense? Would he like bend over and take all that and then choose to save you? No, like you no. want him to see the beauty of the world, to yeah. value humanity, value people, and to treasure those things because those are the things he's going to fight for. And those are the things that are going to give him strength. And yep. that is something that well, some of like the wise ones, I think, really cleverly play with that idea. And it's uh-huh. problematic and it's it's interesting. Uh, you know. um, but but yeah, the only other one who sees that is Catswain. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Catswain's approach foibles, is not but, the best approach. But probably not. But, but ultimately, <laughs> she does teach him what he needs. Though it wasn't like I don't know. I think that's interesting because was she, it her that uh, yeah. really taught him that? No, I, I think she laid the foundation. But I still hold fast to my opinion that it's mostly men. Uh huh that her proximity to him and her grounding for him to mm-hmm. see life yeah not just a goal and a path to follow uh and of course the the binding between min elaine and avienda uh basically make all of them making rand their warder slash husband yep <laughs> all, all of that kind of contributes uh, later when he loses his arm mm-hmm. and he starts thinking uh, part of me is gone yeah <laughs> now, all of those little things cat swain definitely helps with it but mm. i think rand mostly gets there himself in the end 
mostly propped up and given the foundation by the people in his life that he loves. Yeah. The first time he meets with his father, we're jumping ahead a little bit with that one. I know, I know, um, I know. Uh, uh, we'll get to it again. No, no. It's, it's relevant. I'm just, I'm just like, I've just, I was thinking about that so much, though. And I'm just like, oh, no, it's not there. It's not there. We're, right. We'll come back to it. But it's relevant right now. Um, yeah. You know, when the first time he meets his father, he he's jerk face. He's a horrible person. Yeah. And afterwards, you know, after his change and his letting go and uh-huh. not and realizing that strength also is flexibility. Yeah. Then his relationship with his father comes back and is great and Anyway, yeah, I mean, with that, what we see here yeah. is like totally this whole thing with Olida's plan versus Moraine and all of these different places that are like influencing him or whatever is yeah. and having their plan of how to deal with him is that he needs to love people, he needs yeah. to love the world, he needs to be this embodiment of goodness, and he has this dynamic internal battle and the Aes I overall do not help with that battle they no. <laughs> make it worse over yeah. and over and over again they make it worse and this is the great battle of the age is his internal mm-hmm. struggle because yeah this is the whole this is the whole thing is he had to be in a mental state now this is jumping way to the way like way forward <laughs> he has to be in the mental state to be able to weave the world the way it needs to be woven to seal the dark one and maintain its integrity and yeah. with that he has to value the right things he had to see the world in a certain way and he could not do that if it was just a power struggle. Yes. And that, I don't know. I, I think it's like, it's beautiful. It's so powerful. Cause like for <laughs> us, our world is our own mind. Literally right. everything that I experience is because of my brain's capacity to experience and interpret anything. That is my universe. Yep. My body's experience is all that I have, you know? And so that to me is the battle of my universe. And I think yeah. the parallelism there with his experience to this whole cataclysmic fantasy epicness is extremely powerful. And Elida's plan just says, let's just Sucks. shut ourselves away. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, you're, you're digging deep there. That, that was good stuff. I, I liked it. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, thank you. So, uh, so, so anyway, um, jump to, jumping into where I am currently, uh, mm-hmm. I am just where Matt is. Uh, finally escaping Ebodar. He has um, Tuan mm-hmm. uh, there with him. And I like Tuan. She, she's, she's perfect for Matt. <laughs> I mean, she, she's little and she's feisty and she's not going to take any crap. And uh-huh. She's going to let him know it. The, the first I, time I read about Tuan, I'm like, what? Wait, bad guy. <laughs> 
you know, Sean Chen are all bad guys. They were right? my my thinking the first read through the ultimate villain. Like these yeah. were the these were the great. This was the great battle, and yeah. so her I, I could like her. It was against the rules, and <laughs> I right? just didn't see. And now, I like, guess I've reread this several times. Like. Yes, Tuan is a fantastic character, truly problematic in so many ways, the way she sees the oh. world and all those yep. types of stuff. Um, but also really interesting to see how uh, her worldview is influenced by her upbringing and her experience. Uh-huh. And we yeah. as people are empathetic to her, even though some of the things that she believes are demonstrable. And... Uh-huh. <laughs> um, we we i don't know we have that because we understand her and her experience and we were like i I kind of like if she grew up in a different environment you know she would have had different systems of thinking and ideals and values and virtues i don't know yeah you were you were talking about your thoughts with tuan and how much you enjoyed her (laughs) no no you're you're totally right on Uh, and she's she's perfect for matt because of those those reasons yeah i don't think matt could have truly settled for mm. anyone uh that couldn't keep him on his toes and uh-huh. couldn't keep him intrigued and excited uh-huh. all the time <laughs> uh-huh. oh and uh, also moderately terrified <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're not their first interaction, but when he's trying to escape and they run into each other, mm-hmm. she kicks his butt. Uh-huh. She, she totally won that fight. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it was only because other people showed up that he was able to kidnap her. Right. With you definitely <laughs> using like earmarks yes, here, it, right? It's <laughs> definitely air quotations that yeah. he did that. Yeah. Uh, when her sojin walks in, I forget her name right off. Um, but she's like, are you really going to go through with this, this kidnapping thing? Mm, yeah, I think I will. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. there are four men here, two mm-hmm. ladies, one of them already captured, and they're completely confident that they could win that fight and leave if they wanted to. Yeah. It's so great. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because two on is a beast and i think what's fascinating is her own prophecies um linking with him and his essentially prophecies that he got from the elfin and the elfin leaking back to her and like they are a faded match right they Uh they are and they're both kind of like are you for sure this is the one you know, uh-huh. like, I don't know, it's an interesting thing because it strips away a lot of, like, the romance of will it happen, won't it happen? But um, it also is fun seeing them fun. trapped in it. Uh-huh. And um, I don't know, it, it is, it's a different dynamic and it's, 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 a, it's a joy. It really is. It, so. it is. And honestly, Tuan does court Mac. That's why she goes with him. Yes. To learn about him you know who is this person who basically gave his half of the marriage vows Mm -hmm. uh okay i want to learn more about you we'll see if i accept you or just kill you 
Yeah. Well, it's so fun. Yeah. Well, I love how her prof, one of her prophecies, I've got to this point where she's like, so like, you know, you remember the face of, oh, um, what's uh, his name? Arthur Hawking. Arthur, Arthur Hawking. Yes. And, and, and he does. And he totally <laughs> does. But like, this is like a prophecy of her of what to look for. And yeah. he's like, oh, crap. I can't like, I don't talk about this. I like everyone uh-huh. thinks I'm crazy. And um, when he says no, he, he, he was so caught off guard that she's like, OK, there's something else here. And so she like keep, keeps her interest of uh, yeah. willing to see where this goes, because this is like the sign she's looking for. Yeah. And it's like right on the mark with him and i don't know matt's whole bit is fascinating he has this like uh this adventure of destiny that is honestly as epic as rand's i think um it's not necessarily like the fated to transform the nations or anything but like i think he would have been the second most um significant being in oh yeah in the in the whole world like i perrin Mm -hmm. is tremendous i love perrin um but his severe nature and his special ability seems ah to be a little less in the scale of how it influences the the whole world yeah he he brings people together uh the andorans and stuff but yeah he provides tremendous armies and all those things yeah not to minimize anything from perrin no but he seems to have uh fewer quirks and twists and turns his biggest Mm -hmm. thing is when fail is kidnapped where she is right now for for both of us in our reading and we talked a little bit before too that Bayil kind of gets herself out of that one. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think with um, his ability talking with wolves and being this wolf brother and wolf king ultimately, and all of that is super cool. Um, oh, yeah. Like, that's awesome. Well, like, he's got an amazing story arc brilliant characters that he links to and connects with all of those types of stuff um so i'm definitely not discounting that but if we're talking about like the tavira nature and the whole like um and how you know like with both uh, matt and rand they have new memories that they get and other types of tools in order to be able to pursue this destiny that they have like those are really really big um, things. One of the things I think is interesting about Matt is Matt is not the horn sounder, which we get all the way in the future, but the whole big thing for him that he would quote unquote be like known for probably as that was the thing that uh-huh. happened in book two and everything right? else after that is big is significant, but that was like probably his, like his role, you know? Right. And that was yeah. at the beginning instead of the end. And uh-huh. that was something that was very, very interesting in the interweaving. And that's, again, the, the twists and the turns of his character. Um, yep. 
I had heard rumor and I haven't yet got this hundred percent confirmed. One of our listeners probably will go like, yes, this is confirmed from somewhere. Um, but they are maybe recasting the actor who played, who played Matt first season in the second season. Um, really? At which most of the times with these big series, like that's something they really, really, really try to avoid. Right. They want to avoid that big time. Um, but yeah, that is a potential of what might be happening. I haven't got all the details yet, but hmm. yeah, that's to be, well, we'll have to, to watch noted. That. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully both performers do a good job. I'm hoping, I'm I'm just hoping everything goes well, right? That's right. Just looking (laughs) forward to a really fun experience with the Amazon Prime show. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I am tremendously excited again for the show. It's coming really pretty soon now. Um, We're at like, what, six weeks, a month and a half, something like that. Something like that, Um, yeah. And I don't know. I'm ready. I'm (laughs) hoping that this will excite new readers, new people to uh, dive into that. I have... Um, I so I've been collecting this book series through thrifting uh, on my physical uh-huh. copies. I've got digital copies, I've got audio versions, like all of that. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I finally got uh, my pers- my own copy, physical copy, um, uh, for The Gathering Storm, ah. which was the last one I needed in a print form and so uh-huh. i've like completed my collection Woo-hoo! all Yay. all through thrifting so buy them for four bucks a piece something like that and <laughs> I hunt, i've been hunting the series for like a year because they have the other versions uh, the digital copies the right, um right. the audio versions all that and i just like love but having not, nothing compares to a physical book right Digital being able to turn the page and all that is convenient yeah is. totally but a physical book yeah. is just an experience in itself. Yeah. It really is. So I, I agree. I did the same thing with Harry Potter. I mm. wanted physical hardback of all the Harry Potter be just, just for that physical experience. So yeah. I, I, I yeah. hear you on that one. I oh, do. we're talking about hard copies of those. I'm, I'm still hunting a couple of hard copies with that. I've got I've got um, <laughs> softbacks on most of those because I picked them uh-huh. up when I was young. Um, anyways, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Yep. But I guess like what I'm saying with then well, my connection here is we're going to get probably uh, show art covers. I think the big ah. poster that we got for the movie poster for the wheel of time, the promo one that they did like maybe a month ago, two months ago. Uh-huh. I think that's yeah. now the book cover for the newest version of the eye of the world that they're doing. Mm. And I'm like, Oh, there's going to be a whole nother set of these that are going to be printed with these covers. And, you know, I don't know if people are like cover hunters. They want all the different covers or who knows. <laughs> probably. Do. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know that, is potentially exciting and yep. anyways that's my like book book collectingness um, <laughs> and I, I love having the books i love like reading the books in that way like we just talked about so yeah yeah it's good things well joseph any other things to add before we wrap up today 
Uh, just looking forward to to getting through. I, it, this sounds bad, but Winter's Heart and um, or Path of Daggers, Winter's Heart and uh, Crossroads. Oh, come on, where are we right now? Crossroads. Thank you. Uh-huh. For me, that's the long, hard, slow time. A lot mm-hmm. of people call the previous books the slog, but mm-hmm. for me, it's these three. So I'm just like, I gotta get through it so I can get to the rest of the good stuff but there's i'm finding a lot of good rich stuff now Mm -hmm. that i kind of missed before so i'm looking forward to to more of that that richness so yeah i think for me and when i think of the slowest i often think of winter's heart which is i think the one of the shortest it feels like that way it isn't though i just was looking past daggers is a little bit um smaller anyways um but it is it's a one it's one of the smaller ones here in yeah. this grouping and it does seem like it's a little bit slower um but i don't know again the winter's heart the end of that is when they they purify the taint right that is one of the biggest moments I, of, that's that's huge and the one and of the biggest moments yeah yeah the and it's series, like there's definitely. it's i mean rand and nynaeve are def- definitely just holding these things and they're just doing nothing I mean, they're doing a lot, but they're doing nothing, right? But yeah. there is a ton of action going around them, and they and and Robert Jordan does a really good job of featuring that to help yep. keep your interest and energy. And so, like, it's done really, really well. I don't know, yeah. Uh, but uh-huh. those that, when I think of the slowest, it's probably Winter's Heart. Um, but yes, uh, I'm really excited for these next couple of ones. The um, Egwene story arc yes is yeah probably From my this favorite point, yeah, yeah it's like this is we're about to dial it up to 11 so if we dial it down to like seven or so to catch your breath uh-huh you know <laughs> essentially like that's okay for me because um, you're gonna need it <laughs> yeah, exactly way yeah. cool well, thank you, Joseph, so much for being able to sit down and talk. I always love these conversations. Oh, I love it. Uh, for you guys watching, listening, if you guys have thoughts or things to add into the conversation, definitely feel free to put those in the comments below. I absolutely love seeing all of you guys' thoughts and ideas and just being able to be excited and having that good energy for this story and the series that's going to be coming out too is all really, really amazing. Uh, you can find more Nerd Morning content um, on nerd at nerdmorning.com slash links. That'll have all the links to all the different places. And we are everywhere. Uh, thank you all again so much. And we'll catch you all next time. Later. <laughs>